You're about to hear a message that was preached at Calvary Fellowship in Miramar, Florida. At Calvary, we exist to help people take their next step with God. And we pray that this message helps you do just that. Well, hello there. Long time no see. <laughs> hey, I already said it during hosting. You already know what's up. It's an amazing Sunday to be here. We have a very special guest with us. And I can't tell you how important this man's ministry has been to my life, my marriage. Um, I have a better marriage, literally. I have a better, not, the, not, a, not a perfect marriage, not even close. But I have a better marriage because of the ministry of Dr. Bob Barnes. And um, if you are married here, if you want to be married, um, you pick the best time to be here. So with no further ado, would you please give a warm Calvary welcome to Dr. Bob Barnes. Well, thank you, George. You probably need to get out a little more after that uh, amazing introduction. But I, I do want to say something to you, George. I didn't expect the music today to be some of the best I've ever, 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 ever heard. Oh. I was just sitting down here writing the lyrics out. I just had to keep sitting down realizing not only did we not talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about today, but he did. That's how tuned in you are. Um, a little bit about Sharon and I do want to thank you for considering the family values tag. I, I got my, one of my old ones here. Uh, this tag was a miracle. This tag, we were invited to come to Tallahassee and make a presentation 10 years, I think it was 10, 10 or so years ago when they were letting uh, nonprofits have a tag and you, you pay your 88 a year, plus, but 25 more and we get it. And you only needed 1,000 and we got 1,000 right away and they just changed the law, do you need 3,000? Uh, we're at 2,700, though, because of churches. Um, but when we first went up at, to make the presentation, they turned us down and uh, came back from Tallahassee a little discouraged, uh, making a presentation to the legislature. And um, I got a f call from a friend, and he said, uh, and he's an attorney for the, uh, for the Senate. I got a call from a friend in Tallahassee, and he said, uh, you're going to get a phone call. I want you to look her up. She's a congresswoman here in Florida out of uh, Orlando. And as you look her up, uh, I just want you to get the background on her, and you're going to laugh, and she's going to call, and she wants to help. So I looked her up, and I thought, there is probably not one thing we would vote the same on anywhere. And her office calls, and I pick up, and she, she was great. She said, did you look me up? I said, yes, ma'am, I did. And she said, are you shocked I'm calling? And I said, I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, yes, I'm shocked you're calling. And she said, well, I'm going to run your plate through, and it'll happen, because I'm going to run it through, and I'm going to tell you why. My, her first name is Sherry. She says, number one, I looked you up, and you, uh, uh, I'm a single mom. And I saw, the, I saw the homes you have for single moms. She said, number two, Sherry is, a, is a, a, a nickname. It's short for my given name, Sheridan. How did he do that? Oh, you made a way. Lord, you have never failed me yet. You moved the mountains. I don't know what the mountain is you're dealing with right now. I don't know. But I do know this, he does. Let me say, if you've been down Flamingo, just south of 
595, that's where our 60-acre campus is. And when we got ready 16 years ago to look for land, there was one big piece left, and they wanted half a million an acre. 60 times half a million an acre, that's $30 million. And we went to the guy, and three of my friends, I'm not a businessman, I have four degrees in counseling, three of my friends went with me, they're businessmen, and they said, instead of offering him 500,000 an acre, offer him 50,000 an acre and see what he says. I couldn't even look him in the eye. Would you consider 50,000 an acre? And he said, how about 53? And I walked out of there in shock. And we get to lunch, and the three guys are friends of mine saying, you don't look ecstatic. You don't look happy. I mean, 500,000, 53? I said, yeah, but it's still $3.1 million. How much does Sheridan House have? We have $10,000 and watching 60 churches each buy an acre and give them to us. You made a way. Let me say this, he doesn't care about a little piece of property called Sharon House more than he cares for you. He moves the mountains. I don't know what it is in your life right now. The fun thing is, he absolutely knows what it is in your life right now. We're going to look today at finding the purpose and the process of a very specific thing. And if you don't know the purpose and the process, Uh, You don't know the purpose and the process to use it properly. It's not going to work. Three years ago, uh, we were up in North Carolina, and a friend had a a, a, a .357 Magnum gun in his whatever, and I I pulled it out because I I don't own a gun. I I don't have a problem with guns. I went to the side of the house not knowing any better and shot the gun uh, into the woods. Blew my, yes, blew my ears out completely blew my ears out. And so then uh, my wife, Rosemary, says, you know, you need to get hearing aids. And it was like, isn't that for old people? And and then I realized, wait a minute, I was 70 then. So yeah, it is for old people. So we go to get hearing aids. And hearing aids have changed since my grandma's hearing aids. They're absolutely hilarious. Um, And so I get hearing aids. And there's an app for the hearing aids. And if I'm sitting next to him and I don't want to hear him talk anymore, I can shut this hearing aid down. I don't have to hear you. Um, not that I've ever done that with my wife. But anyway, you, you can do all kinds of things with them. But it was my 42-year-old daughter who kept saying, Dad, you're not learning this app. This app's amazing. I knew the purpose was to help me hear. But there's a process involved to do it right. There's a process involved. And well, if you're an outline taker, when you don't know the purpose of something, you waste its usefulness. When you don't know the purpose of something, you waste its usefulness. You waste it. You know, it, it, it's, I, I'm amazed at my five-year-old grandson, what he can do with my phone. That's on there? Yeah. When you don't know the purpose of something, you waste its usefulness. Now, we're in a very difficult time, especially in my profession, a very difficult time. We're in a time right now where, let me just say this, marriage, divorce rate, last year went up 30% in America. And it's it, it stress, and we don't know what we're doing, and, and, and there's so many interesting things about this, but I don't think it should surprise us that this has happened because we're together so much more. We're together. And, you know, for those of you whose kids have gone out the door and you realize, okay, it's just us now. Um, Yeah, and we tend to marry our opposites. I don't know how we did that. And I did everything to be like her, to make the sale. I mean, I even went to the ballet with her when we were dating. 
when we were dating. I just, I, I'm, she's amazing, and she led me to Christ on a college campus, and, and very, very humble, very, very brilliant, and um, I made the sale, but after I, we got married, I didn't know how to service the account anymore. Uh, what are we supposed to do here? And I remember her saying, hey, when you get home tonight, can we just sit in front of the television and talk? And I remember thinking, could you give me an outline beforehand uh, so I can kind of know the questions uh, and prepare for them? And, and the word tonight doesn't have an end. Um, could we know from such and such to such and such? And she's a talker, and, she, and talkers marry non-talkers. On time, people marry late people. Morning people marry night people. Spenders marry cheap people. Yeah, it, it's, it, it, and it's like, what was this? Am I being punished for something I did in high school? I, I mean, I, I don't know about this. And in this pandemic now, when we're so together, let me say, it's a gift. He's given a gift. And he moves the mountains. He made a way. And he moves the mountains. Yeah, I, I had one couple literally say to me a month ago, quote, our differences became magnified, especially because I'm an extrovert and he's an introvert, and there we are. And he could spend the whole time just looking at his technology. This is relatively new in our culture, probably just three or four generations, because prior to all of this, entertainment was at the end of the night without a television or any kind of technology. You sat on the front porch, if it was nice weather, in front of the fireplace, uh, if it was not nice weather, and you talked. And you talked and you got to know each other and you talked and you talked and you talked. Yeah, number two on your outline, for centuries, couples ended their day talking. They ended their day talking to each other and got to know each other. In fact, for centuries and centuries and centuries, they owned the same business, whether it was a restaurant or the farm. They were together. They learned. And while they were together, the kids were watching. Oh, they're out on the porch talking. I remember when my, my son Roby, he's about turned 40, when he was in, in middle school, he had a friend over, and Rosemary and I were out on, the, out on the porch talking. And his friend looked at us, and we were out there a long time, and his friend said, is your dad in trouble? And Roby looked at him and said, why? He said, well, I've just never seen my mom and dad sit and talk that long. Yeah, but honestly, she taught me how to do this because we were so different. Yeah, they got to know each other, and they got to realize that conflict isn't bad. It's inevitable. It's how we handle conflict. If we deal with conflict where I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for the win, the marriage loses. If we go for the understanding, we're different, it's a gift, we're different, it's a gift. Now, the purpose of marriage is very interesting. It's found in Genesis 2.18. And Lord, as we look now into your word, would you magnify it in our hearts? Would you magnify it in our hearts? And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, there was an obvious problem, and Adam's the first one created, and then it, I, I'm going to, God's solution is, I'm going to make him a helper fit for him. The word helper, Izar, is used over 20 times in the Old Testament, and it's interesting, it's not a subservient role. It's used many times for God, my helper. It's used sometimes for rescuer. 
And I think for me as a male, I didn't realize how much I needed to be rescued. I needed a relationship. I grew up in a home where my mom died when I was uh, just starting high school, died of cancer. And so it was a dad and all boys. And uh, can I say we didn't do a lot of sitting around and talking in that scenario. And so I needed a rescuer, but I didn't know I needed a rescuer. And he looks and he says, it's not, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to send you a helper, a rescuer. Yeah, and, and when we get, this is just a little bit on the side, but when we get to heaven, I hope there's a DVD section. I want to see the look on Adam's face when he saw her for the first time. Yeah, because I think I'm going to make you a helper. I think he's thinking somebody that's going to work the garden with him and it's going to be awesome. And then he sees her and goes, wow, forget the garden, and gave her a power over him on purpose. Yeah, God made us visual, males are visual beings, and gave a power. It's unbelievable here. Fit for him. Fit for him is very interesting because fitting his areas of need, where she had strength versus his strength versus, and working on it and working on it and working on it till they get it, till they get it. I, I, we, um, oh, it's been years. I hired, uh, uh, did, did some hiring at Sheridan House, and, and somebody said, these people you hired are very different from, from many of us. I said, that's valuable. If we're all the same, we don't need us. It's valuable. So we've got to sit and talk through it, but yeah, we're different. Yeah. Number three on your outline, God is saying that the purpose of marriage is completion by giving him his opposite. There's a completion here. We complete, we complete, we complete. So if the purpose is the completion, if that's the purpose of marriage, then what about the process? And he doesn't leave us without a process. He gives us the process, a few verses down in Genesis 2, 24 and 25, and there are four legs on this table of the, of the, process, of the process of getting there. And it begins with step one. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. And realize thousands of years ago, the whole picture here, thousands of years ago, was they got married, but they moved into the man's home with his parents and did the flocks and did the whatever. But this is a statement of priority. One of, one of the funnest things about being in, in South Florida, and some of us were talking, I grew up in New York City, some of us were talking about how amazing it is in South Florida. And having children's homes in South Florida, uh, amazing, um, because having children's homes in South Florida, when we interview an Anglo child uh, to come and live in our home, it's usually mom and the child. When we interview a Latin child, yeah, you know where I'm going. We have to go literally to our auditorium, put some tables, it's flat, put some tables down, because everybody's all in and mad that it got to this point. The upside of that Latin home, but can I say, there's another side in the, I'm a marriage counselor, in the, in, and it's mom letting go of her son. I'm just going to leave it like, because a lot of people are looking down at the floor right now, so I'm going to leave that right there. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. It's an issue of priority. So four in your outline. Step one is to leave whatever my previous priorities were. My first priority, obviously, is God, and then after that, no other relationship other than her, each of us, no other activity, no other possession. And let me say the problem I had. I was in the ministry that became the priority. And in 1979, Rosemary was pregnant with Tori, 
seven months pregnant. I came home with some files of families I was going to meet with that evening, and she had a seizure. And I called the doctor and said, get her to the hospital immediately, immediately. And so I got her to the hospital, and they checked her and said, we're going to try to rescue the baby and your wife, but I don't think we're going to make it. He was a friend. I, don't, I just want to prepare you. I don't think, we're going to, I don't think they're going to make it. And so uh, he says, you want to, I said, I've got to go for a walk. I'll be out in the parking lot. And I'm out there screaming at God. Really? You took my mom? Now you're taking my angel? Really? Are you kidding me? And I'm weeping and weeping and crying. And, and uh, several people found me in the parking lot. I think they probably wanted to medicate me. But they found me in the parking lot, brought me in, and he said, the baby's okay, your wife's okay. And then he said, if I were you, I would try to discover why God permitted this in your life. Can I see her? No, it'll be several hours. So I went back into the parking lot and realized, I didn't hear an audible voice, I don't think. Your priority's been Sheridan House. I don't need you at Sheridan House. Just go to work, go home. Your priority's her. And son, do you realize this? I'm your father-in-law. I'm not only your father, I'm her father, and I have placed her in your life for you to do everything you need to do. I know, Lord, but I don't really know how. Then find out how. You didn't know how to use this, and you found out how. Find out how. By talking and asking. By talking and asking. That was the season I walked away and started doing normal hours at Sheridan House. That was the season I, I tried to... I, tried to learn how more and more and more and more to make her a priority. That was the season God exploded Sheridan House. Prior to that, there were three employees. There's almost 40 today. Prior to that, we worked with 12. Yeah, oh yeah. And I am given so much credit for something I didn't do. It's ridiculous. They fly in from around the country, grew from Chicago, tell us how you did this and tell us how you did that. And, and your development, your fundraising plans, unbelievable, tell us how you did that. And I said, you know, I told you on the phone, don't come, I don't know. Well, how did you start filling pulpits? Oh, I didn't want to ever be in a pulpit. I threw up in the parking lot the first Sunday. No. Well, you tell Sheridan now stories. Oh, that's the only stories I have are Rosemary stories and Sheridan now stories. Well, we're watching it from other places. Well, th thank you, but don't thank me. That's all him. Yeah, I got this, Bob. So I'm called to leave. The, bride, the, the bridegroom is talking to me, part of the bride. Take care of my daughter and vice versa. Learn. Give it up and learn. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother. Yeah. Step two, and hold fast to his wife. Hold fast to his wife. Uh, one translation says cling to his wife. Can I just say what that is? And because these are so deep when you look into them, this is hold my eyes to my wife. Hold my thoughts to my wife. Hold my desires to my wife. My desires. Choose. And I, I, I had a little girl, Tori, when she was little, as, as we're all getting older and older, and when she was little, Tori had a bear, a little stuffed bear that she carried everywhere. Loved this bear. Everywhere. She called him Bear. And we realized we couldn't, we can never wash him again. He's disgusting. We can never wash him again because there'd be nothing left of him. She let me bring Bear today. Yeah, don't do that. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and it hit me one day, watching her walk around the house, that appearance, 
size, you're not going to take a picture of this ugly bear, are you? <laughs> Appearance, size, whatever it is, was irrelevant to her. Completely irrelevant. She chose to love bear. There's a choice here. Yeah, there's, there's, it's just hold fast, hold my eyes, hold my dreams, hold my thoughts. Yeah, it says one trans, cleave, cleave, cling tightly, because the world out there wants to take down your marriage. Let me say that 10,000 times. The world wants to take down the marriage. The evil one, because it's a picture of the bride and the bridegroom. Battle. And can I say, do your parts. Some of you are sitting here thinking about your spouse, or your ex, or your whatever. Leave it. I'm a full-time job for me. I'm a full-time job here. Yeah, next on your outline, number five, step two, is to choose to keep our hearts and minds on our marriage partner. And here it is, even when we aren't getting along. Even when we aren't getting along. There's just, we're different. We're not going to get along all the time. But we have to have the desire to, I know, Father, you moved the mountains. You made a way. Yeah, and I think some of the greatest things we get to do is when either one of us makes huge sacrifices. That's Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Listen to the end of this verse. This is truly the way to worship him. Very controversial what I'm about to say. I don't know that up here what we just did beautifully is worship. I think it's praise. I think it's pra- I think worship requires sac- personal sacrifice, just like this says. This is truly your act of worship. When I give it up for him, when I'm mad at her or not, whatever with her, when I give it up for him, I think that's when he looks at the angels and says, look, look at that. He's worshiping. He's worshiping. When you give financially to your church to the point of feeling it. Remember, they used to call what you brought to the temple sacrifice. Feel it. I like to imagine my father looking up. Ah, you get it? Because I got it all. Son, I've got it all. This is truly the way to worship him. Then the next one, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the whole thought of becoming one flesh is not what you think. The whole thought of becoming one flesh is two very, very different people becoming, and that's why the word become is in there, becoming uh, over a period of time one. Two different with different gifts because you've married your opposite. You know, and, and they two become one. This, this is my phone. This is my checkbook. This is my... And the number of things that you could list, what all else is on here that I don't even know. Yeah, this is, this is so many things together as one. And he's calling these two different people to do the work of becoming one. That means, Bob, give it up. Give it up. I got this, son. Give it up. Yeah. Six on your outline. Step three is to work at being married by blending our individuality to create a better us. It's not just sacrifice, it's choosing to listen. Choose to listen. And choose to ask questions, not listen to wait for your turn to talk. Choose to listen. Can you explain that to me? 
What, what exactly? What, I'm not sure I know what that means. And then it finishes, and this is amazing. It finishes step four, and the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Again, yes, in the garden, until this point they were naked, but I don't think that's what this means either. I think, finally, somebody I can open my chest and share my feelings with, share my, my fears with, especially during a pandemic time. Finally, and I, I gotta say, ladies, you get this. You go to lunch with friends and share your heart there. And, and, and Rosemary, I said to Rosemary, uh, so why are you meeting with so-and-so for lunch? Well, we're, we're just hanging out for lunch. And she's laughing because that would never occur to me. If somebody called and said, hey, can we get lunch? And I asked, what do you, you want to do and talk about it? She says, nothing, I just want to bond. I'm not going. <laughs> that one doesn't work for me. I mean, just bond. Um, yeah, because we don't know how. And God, God just knew, finally, someone. I can say, I don't know if I know how to do this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I don't know. I'm not taught that, to be able to admit that or failure or whatever. Yeah, number seven, marriage was given to us so we could finally have a person we could risk being emotionally naked with. Finally, admit weakness. Finally, finally somebody. Yeah, we have a bad phrase. We call it, got married. I'm going to get married. No, anybody can do that. It's choose to be married. I have to choose to get to the point to be married. And he gives, it, he gives the husbands an amazing assignment in Ephesians 5.25. For husbands, this means love your wives. I do. Oh, I do. No, 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 Bob, let me finish talking to you. Husbands, loved your, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. To that, yes, son, to that. It's my daughter. And I, I, I know what I'm doing, son. And you're going to benefit more than anybody. But as you begin the process to become, because we're in a culture of individuals, yeah, we're in a time when marriage is being strained, big time. We've got to choose. Help me, Lord. I mean, help me, if, if you're married, help me learn how to do this. Help me give it up and love her as much as Christ loved the church. Help us give it up. Help us give it up for your glory so that people will say, what's different about you guys? Oh, it's Jesus. It's all Jesus. Now, this is where this starts. My uh, high school, in, I went to high school in Washington, D.C., um, moved from New York to D.C. My high school football team had its 50th reunion, and my, I didn't go, and my name came up, which was absolutely hilarious because I never played a play in my life, but my name came up anyway. And they were laughing, and they were saying, anybody know what Barnes is doing now? And one of them said, he's written books. And Barry, my best friend from high school, said, real books, comic books, what kind of books? And so this friend got on his jet, personal jet, flew in from Washington. From the world's standards, he has everything there is to have. I just want to spend the day. What happened? I said, Barry, I don't want to make this overly complicated, but it's Jesus. Jesus knew what I was created to do. It took me a long time. He says, yeah, you were a wreck in high school. I know. That's why I proposed marriage every six months for four and a half years before she said yes. It was a, even after a Christian, it was a long, but he knew. So Barry, 
By the world standards, you have everything there is to have. And then he started down the road of saying, yeah, but you don't know some of the things I've done. He didn't say this, but he's basically saying, do you think I'm just emotionally, spiritually ugly to God? God doesn't see what the world sees, what a little two-year-old girl sees. He chooses to love you. Now, you, you might be here today saying, I hear you, Bob. I got a long way to go um, because coming to church doesn't do it for you. Coming to Christ is the beginning. And after coming to Christ every day, staff meeting, help me serve rather than wait to be served, Lord. Help me, Father. But it starts with coming to Christ. It starts by deciding, I don't know if I'm going to heaven when I die. There's only one way to go to heaven. Jesus. Do I understand all the complicated? Nope. Do I believe it? Absolutely. Accepting, I accept that. I accept that I'm a sinner. That's easy, Lord. Uh, I, I, and I accept that I, I need payment for that sin. And I, I don't know why you put on skin and came down and took my place on that ugly, disgusting, horrible cross. And then three days later, you came out to show your almighty God. Wow. Would you move the mountains? Would you make a way? So I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads. And if that's you, I'm going to pray this prayer very slowly. Pray this prayer after me, silently in your heart. Pray this. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I don't know why you took my place on the cross. But today I'm trusting that you did. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I accept your free gift so that I can be forever in heaven with you and be used by you. Move the mountain. And thank you for moving the mountain of my sins. And for all of us in here today, Father, I lift us up. I lift up this time. I just... America needs us. Our culture needs us. Could we be the church that Jesus uses everywhere across South Florida? And we promise we will give you all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If today you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And we as a church want to help you with your next steps. You see, we have a free gift we'd like to give you. And in order for you to receive that gift, all you have to do is visit mycalvary.com forward slash begin. Don't forget to tune in next week for our next podcast. God bless you.